original shows would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. The big picture people, the experts in smart home cinema. Yamaha, professional commercial audio. Bar Bridges Australia, cooling the beers of a nation. The Stubby Club, the original stubby holder dispenser. Hamperwell, the gift specialist. Buffalo Sports, a brand name in sports since 1972. The Framing Queen, quality affordable framing. Broker Rocher, helping you make an impression. I know I could get a louder noise than that, but I won't worry about it right now. Uh, we're going to introduce the boys. I'm sure that's what you're saving all your energy up for. Let's get them out here. Welcome to That's Good to Footy. This is the family-friendly live and interactive footy panel show. This is where the fans meet the players and the players meet the fans. The shows are for the passionate supporters. These shows allow you to see the players be themselves. I'm ready. Let's go. Collingwood show, November the 22nd. Please welcome to the show our first panellist. He was born on the 31st of May in 1993. He's played a total of 197 games and he's kicked a total of 83 goals. He made his AFL debut back in 2013. When he plays for the Collingwood Football Club, he wears a premiership medal around his neck and he wears the number six on his back. Could you please welcome to the stage, Tom Mitchell. <laughs> I'm sure you're all hoarse from singing that. You've probably sung it about 50 times already, uh, and we only finished the grand final, what, six weeks ago. Um, but how good is it to see Tom Mitchell? Welcome to the show, mate. Great to have you. Thanks for having me. Had you on the show last week, and we're going to have to had to rewrite the whole show in order to accommodate for you this week, but I'm looking forward to getting stuck in, asking a few relevant questions, maybe some not so, but we'll see where we go with that. Let's get our second panellist out here. Please welcome to the show our second panellist. He was born on the 20th of September in 1996. He's played a total of 186 games and he's kicked a total of 17 goals. He made his AFL debut back in 2015 when he plays for the Collingwood Football Club he also wears a premiership medal around his neck and the number four on his back. Please welcome to the stage, Braden Maynard. You'll notice he's got one clipped wing, okay. Um, first of all, how did it all go? How are you? How's everything feeling? How's your uh, body? Yeah, it's all going very well. It's, um, it's a bit of a pain and a bit of a process, but I, um, I had to do it last year on my left shoulder, so um, yeah, sort of back-to-back -back surgeries on my shoulders, which is 
Uh, something that I probably knew that I had to do, but um, surgery went well, I'm going well. Um, this body brace, a bit of a robotic arm, it's a bit carry-on, but um, yeah, it's something that I just have to do and comply by. Yeah, but you're feeling good. Uh, the, the outcome from the surgery, everything you could have hoped for, your surgeons have told you all about that? Well, the last time I got shoulder surgery, we won a flag, so hopefully oh. I can go back to back. <laughs> Let's stick with that, mate. That sounds perfect. Um, just while we're on it, I just want to ask everybody, when you get the opportunity to come down the back of the room and you get your chance to get your photo, don't walk up and go, hey, mate, how you going? All right? Because we want him nicely recovered uh, by the time that 2024 comes around. Uh, let's talk about 2023 while we've got it, uh, boys. Let's get stuck in. Uh, tell us, uh, with hindsight, being, um, being in your favour, what word or words would you use to summarise the 2023 season for the Collingwood Football Club? I talk about injuries, losses, I only had five, narrow margin wins, eight under ten points, then ultimately the Premiership. Sum it up for us. I think I answered this question at the show last week when you asked yeah. what, word, what words I would use to mm. describe the year. Uh, obviously, it's a different audience. So um, from memory, I, I said um, commitment, um, there's a lot of dedication and I, I said the main one for our group is just love between mm. everyone like you know the players to the fans fans to the players player to player like we're just a really connected club and the playing group in particular you know we're just so connected out there you can see I'm sure you guys can see when you watch on the TV how together we are when, th when we win or lose uh, we're, we're together um, we're always supporting each other Bruz leads the way with that one of our, one of our best at it so there are a couple of words that spring to mind for sure. Um, Braden, this question was primarily written for you when I wrote it last week and I've put it back in because I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Tell us about the season from your perspective. You went through the injuries, okay? We talk about, obviously, Jeremy Howe in round one. That was quite significant. There were other ones that played out during the season. But we talk about the um, losses. Obviously, there was only five, but you had those wins um, under... 10 points, there was eight games that was attributed to. Tell us what you sum up the season as being. Um, I guess it's, it's sort of been the last couple of years where we've won all these tight games and close games, but um, like we all know, we know what to do when um, they're close games. And I just want to touch on sort of the word culture. Um, every time we come into the club, it's, it's such an amazing place to be around. And uh, Tommy just mentioned our connection is, is amazing as well. But um, for blokes that did injure themselves early on or whenever they did during the year, um, for them to sort of have the support around them from their teammates and coaches um, is probably the best I've sort of been around and, and seen. And we do have a lot of mates at different clubs and from sort of what we hear, we, we're definitely running the best program and... Um, just yeah pretty much one big family and our culture is amazing like I said so to be involved in such an amazing club um, Fly being probably the number one driver of that since he came in um, it's such an easy place to be around especially for blokes that are feeling maybe a little bit down they can come in and open up to whoever they uh, feel comfortable to so it's such a safe environment to everyone for everyone to get around each other and um, move forward if they are going through their struggles. Yes, brilliant. Uh, this pr uh, primarily will be a question for you as well. One thing that was evident uh, is the way that you all got around each other. You congratulate one another, even if it's for the little things, regardless of whether it's a spoil, um, it's a tackle, a smother or a shepherd. Uh, whatever it is, it's always a pat on the back, a pat on the bum, now go again. That's something that you just you hold resolute and, and yeah. put that probably at the top of your list. Exactly right. I feel like we celebrate each other 
um, more often than not and whenever we can. But um, even when we make mistakes, we, wanna, we don't want to celebrate mistakes, but we sort of want to get around each other and just be like it's normal to make mistakes. Like um, I've definitely had a few, like I reckon against Essendon, I had a few kickouts where I absolutely shanked them and um, everyone probably remembers them because I ended up kicking a couple of goals off them. But everyone makes mistakes, but it's how your teammates get around you post those mistakes and that one in particular mistake I made in the Essendon game we just sort of sat back and laughed about it and I feel like that's why our culture and connection and um, celebrating each other is on such a like a high level and a different level compared to other teams is um, we're not afraid to make mistakes and if we do we just have a laugh and move on with it. Yeah good Um, this may sound like I'm going over questions or or answers that you're going to give that could sound like they could be very similar but to follow on from uh, this where does the cohesion and the buy-in come from is it the structures the systems and the game plan or is it in the coach and the way that the players are managed and supported what is it what do you attribute the success to I'll bring you into that question but what do you attribute it to I just think like all in all, it's just complete buy-in, and that's what we've had the last two years. And um, I feel like when everyone, even the coaches, the whole club gets involved, um, we get around each other, and that's why I'll touch on again the culture. Everyone has complete buy-in to being successful, winning, um, and that's what Fly's brought. He's brought a winning mindset, and we want to get better every day as well. So um, that's just, yeah, all in all... That just helps you for everyday life um, mm. and success on Set field you. and off field. Yeah, and what would your answer be to that? I know that you did give one last week, but give a, a different impression from the, the circumstance of the way that you managed and supported as a playing group. So one thing we do on a weekly basis is that we celebrate people within the club. So it may be someone in the media department, it may be someone in the membership department, and we celebrate the work they do for us. So I think um, for people that work at the club, they feel appreciated, which in hand makes them feel more connected and it brings us all together. So we do a lot of meetings where we have the whole club together. Um, There's no hierarchy. There's no um, anyone's above anyone else and flies the driver again. And even with our fans, I hope you guys felt this year how connected we were to you guys. Like we wanted to bring you guys along. And that was one of our themes, Um, the 19th man and... You know, even little things like uh, you guys all showing up in big numbers um, throughout the season, but in the finals in particular, uh, we made a concerted effort to always get around you guys. We'd always do a lap and get that Collingwood chant, which Braz is pretty good at. We'll do one later. Um, <laughs> but just little things. You know, we want to be one club and, uh, you know, we're the biggest club um, in the land. And, you know, when we all come together, it's pretty powerful. How beautiful is that? Love it. Um, I wanted to ask you... OK, if you want. Yeah. Um, I want to allude to this. It's a statement that um, I've put together and I want to just get your thoughts on it. Personnel doesn't always reflect success, but structure and game plan does. Uh, Once you have belief in the systems, then the two will complement each other, especially if there's player buy-in. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, for sure. Like we, Our our whole coaching panel is just full of gurus that have been around football for a very long time. So our our, um, whole structure, our system... Um, we've had to learn it a lot um, over the last couple of years, but I feel like everyone's sort of in sync with each other. And when you're in sync with each other and playing such a dominant, uh, forceful sort of game game plan, whether it's on defence or attacking, you're hard to stop. And that's why we've been so good for the last two years in particular, because um, our coaching staff and our coaching system have full belief in us. Um, yeah, sort of going out there on game day and... 
um, yeah, showing off our talent, but sticking to the system, and which we do, and which we all do in sync. So it's great. How intense is red time when you when you talk about the wins that you've had? And when I speak about red time, uh, the Pies have been able to do it better than anyone, uh, for especially the last two years. Um, how much do you practice that, whether you're down or whether you're up? Red time. Yeah, it's something that we, that we train on a weekly basis, and I think every club would, to be honest. Like yep. it's a it's a critical part of the game. Late in quarters, late in games, every club would train it. So we're no different to other teams. I think we do have a very experienced group. I think we'd be one of the oldest. Um, we've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of footy. So I think. There's the understanding of what to do, but then there's the execution, which I think, you know, um, you know, I've only been here for one season, but obviously the guys have been doing this for a couple of years now. We're just the complete understanding of what every player needs to do and we, we know where each other are going to be in terms of setting things up. There's a, a little bit of play you guys might remember um, in the prelim to, to seal the game, Jamie Allett gets the ball in a pack. If he kicks a straight line, they probably get it. It's in the last 30 seconds. They probably get it and go straight back to goal and chance of scoring. He literally kicks it sideways. And we're on the same page. That's, that was a planned thing. Wow. So just little things like that to kill the game and um, something that we train. But, yeah, I think executing under fatigue and different things is... Um, yeah, is what really works for us yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Let's talk about sacrifice, the sacrifice you make to follow your dream. It's a journey that everyone close to you goes on with you, your friends, your family. How have you been able to personally share it with them? Yeah, well, they're always there for you from day dot. I mean, I remember um, especially going through sort of the age of um, 16, 17, 18, when I had a lot of uh, mates sort of having house parties and uh, going out and whatnot, and I had to make a lot of sacrifice from from then to um, yeah, sort of go and train the next day and not go to those house parties or whatever it may look like. But um, sacrifice starts from when you first sort of start playing um, competitive football um, at an age of about 16. I mean, all all uh, all ages is very competitive, but I reckon it starts to get serious at about 16. So you've got to start making sacrifices and got to start to learn to say no to your mates. So, um, yeah, I mean, your family are always there by your side, um, no matter the situation, good or bad. So um, they're obviously number one, and uh, family always becomes um, the most important thing. And, yeah, family first for everyone. Lovely. Well said. Cast your mind back. This is particularly for you, Braden. Cast your mind back to grand final morning. You woke up. Where was your head at? What was, uh, was the game the first emotion or thought that you had when you opened your eyes? Um, I actually didn't get much sleep the night before the grand final because I couldn't stop thinking about it and I was that excited. I sort of just jumped out of bed, started getting on with my morning and my normal routine and sort of before you know it, I was in the car. My old man, so my dad really wanted to drive in with me. We did it in 2018 but he drove and he asked me if he could come in with me again and I thought, oh shit, is he a bad omen? But... um, (laughs) But it was good. He, he didn't drive this time, so it might have been who was driving in 2018. But um, I drove him in, and then he drove the car home. But, um, yeah, I mean, I woke up grand final morning, did what I had to do, and then sort of the game was just there. Like, no time to think, and then we just did what we had to do. Yeah. Just um, follow on, uh, again, um, ad nauseum. What was it like for you, waking up? First thoughts? Yeah, so I played in the grand final previously as well at the Swans in 2016 and it was very different feelings. 2016 was very anxious, uh, probably because I was a little bit younger, but, um, you know, different club as well. I think, um, you know, the, the you know, Bruz touched on the word culture before, but I feel like felt so confident because, 
not only the work we'd done, but also every single player had been embraced. You felt, you know, what you had to do in the game was really valuable and important. So um, I felt probably the calmest I've almost ever felt for a game. I was so wow. calm. Um, I, I was just like, good feeling. Physically felt great. Yeah. Mentally felt great. And I don't know, just, yeah, I had a feeling it was just going to, I felt we were going to win. But, um, you know, obviously it was, a, it was a tough game. And to be honest, Brisbane were pretty awesome on the day like that game could have gone either way and thankfully we won but um yeah i just felt really calm and composed and locked in on the game love it mate well said uh in the seven and a half weeks since the granny you have no doubt heard plenty of stories about where people watched the game how they felt about the win how they celebrated it and so forth has there been any standout um diehard collingwood supporter stories that you have either left you speechless or simply just blown you away not really. I mean, I'm flicking through social media and I'm seeing like all the celebrations of families jumping around, going crazy when there's about ten, uh, five to ten seconds left, and just seeing how much it actually means to so many people. Uh, people were crying on these videos that I was seeing, and um, like till till this day, I'm still watching celebrations and a quarter here or a quarter there because um, it was such a an amazing sort of period for everyone and um, I'll tell you now we're only we're only just getting started like there's no ceiling on what we can achieve with this group and it's very exciting but um, yeah I mean to see everyone going crazy was the best thing very nice segue because it follows me straight into this there is no reason the Pies can't come out and do the same again um, sure <clears throat> the hunter will become the hunted, but experience is advantageous. And we just spoke about this, and this is another point that I just want to bring up here. Experience is advantageous so much so that it becomes less of what you say and more of what you do. You play with someone long enough and this becomes second nature. Is that, right? is that accurate? Absolutely, yeah. and I feel like um, we, we are going to be hunted, but I reckon let's just be the hunters. Like, why, why do we have to be hunted? Um, I feel like it happened to... It happens to every team that sort of wins the premiership the year before, but like, who gives a shit? Why can't we go out there and be the hunters? <laughs> Spot on. Love it. It's what you want to hear. Just a uh, word to the wise. If you want to hear anything straight down the line, no mucking around, this is your man, all right? Yeah. It's going to come straight at you cool. thick and fast. Uh, there are so many people behind the scenes to help and assist you in getting to a grand final. Fitness staff, medical staff, dietitians, line coaches. It takes all of these people and more to get you up and about each week. How important are all these people with your own personal development, giving everyone here a little insight as to what goes on behind the scenes at the club? Talk about all those individuals. Oh, not specifically, yeah. but... In a broad spectrum. Yeah, there's too many to count. Um, all I can say is that we're very lucky as players. Mm. We're in the position where, you know, at the club, you know, everything is about performance. So all these little things that, you know, these people do for us that allow us to get out there on game day and just go play. So, oh, my God, I don't even know where to start. There's, you could mention 100 people from yeah. the club, um, whether it be someone, you forget a pair of shorts or you've forgotten your boots or... Um, you've forgotten a part of the game plan, you need a coach to remind you. Like everything is tailored towards the players. Flyers just big on, we just want you to be so prepared that all you have to worry about is playing. You don't have to think. Yep. If you're thinking on the ground, it's, you're not in probably the best headspace because yep. you, should, you should just be in that flow state of instinctive playing and you know, the supportive team around you just get you to that point. So that's why it's such a collective effort because we couldn't do it without them. I understand. You're elite footballers and you have to be conscious of uh, what you put into your body. It's 8.30 at night and you get a little bit of, uh, well, hunger pains. What do you feel like when you feel like a snack? 
what don't I feel like? Um, yeah. I love I love a bit of takeaway. Like I love pizza, uh, wood fired pizza. Um, every now and then, yeah, I do love chocolate. Um, Raz likes whatever is in his mouth at that moment is the best food ever. <laughs> so, like, if he's eating chocolate, Literally. this is the best thing. <laughs> yeah, ever. Right. Eating pizza, it's pizza. Okay, so, nicely uh, said. Um, but you yeah. have to be conscious about it, don't you? No, you definitely do. But I just think um, everything in moderation. Uh, I feel like we have such a high intensity sort of training schedule, especially in the in the preseason. I feel like you can every now and then treat yourself to something a little bit naughty. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think we, I think we can because we work it off. But everything in moderation. So. Okay, you use the same philosophy. I know that you're heavily into your fitness and uh, your regime. It is, it is 8:30 at night. Normally, you're starting to think about going to bed about 10:30. You feeling hunger pains? Do you just ignore it? Yeah. So, uh, in the off season at the moment, you know, you need to enjoy yourself and go out for nice dinners and you know eat a eat a little bit of junk here and there because yeah. we're human. That's you know. Yeah. Everyone loves lollies and chocolates and things. Yep. Uh, during the season, I'm quite disciplined, I would say. Um, I just live by the basics. I don't really have like a structured diet plan where I count calories and things. I just I know what's good and bad. And um, you know, from Monday to game day, I'll, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't touch soft drink, ice cream, chips, hot chips, lollies, just yep. any, anything processed. I just wouldn't touch it. Yep. Once it's the game's done, say we play on Saturday, Sundays are hell for leather. I eat whatever I want, <laughs> and then that's my mental release. And then yep. back up, back on Monday and just do that all year. Perfect. Well said. Um, I want to discuss something. Um, I want you to bear with me, everybody in the audience and, and you boys here. Um, we talk about mental health. There's a, a campaign that runs which is called Are You OK? And it's obviously about the struggles of mental health. I want to talk to, about this. And, Braden, just bear with me because I want to go through this with you. A month or so back, I watched a, um, a doco on David Beckham um, on Netflix. Firstly, bloody awesome. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fantastic. Don't worry about the little dancing at the end with Islands in the Stream. But the first part, bloody awesome. But what I wanted to speak of was how much um, he was hated on or after he was red-carded um, and England missed out on being part of the World Cup. He was spat on uh, as he walked down the street. He was ridiculed, verbally abused, oh, my God, everything vile about the worst of society was actually thrown at him. It was on full display. It blew me away. Now, on a smaller scale, but nevertheless, a moment where sport can turn ugly, when you had your... Um, well, your incident with Angus Brayshaw, you were attacked and vilified uh, across social media and also through the media. How did you handle it, mate, and, and the deal with the commentary? Because it takes real self-belief and support from those around you and from those within the club to wrap their arms around you. Tell us how difficult was that period for you and who did you turn to for support? Um, it, it, was, it was very tough. It was probably, if not... One of the yeah the toughest weeks of my life, like in terms of how much scrutiny there was, how much attention there was, um, I had to sort of lock in and just um, yeah fuck. Um, <laughs> it gets, I actually look, like literally get pretty emotional when I talk about it because it was a pretty hard week um, for mum and dad as well, especially with mum being away. She um she just wanted to be there for me and she couldn't because she was away in the states doing um, doing work so. What went down in that week is something that um, I don't really wish upon anyone because just the mental strain that um, came with it. And, I mean, we had such an amazing game. We won by, what was it, seven points. And so the adrenaline rush that I had and then um, obviously all the scrutiny that came with the bump and then the whole week that I had to go through, um, my mental health was, yeah, pretty much shot towards the end of the week because I was so drained of everything and then... Everything sort of un, un, um, 
was yeah sort of finished and I thought far out like this whole week's done thank god and then I just yeah. crashed absolutely yeah. crashed um had no energy no nothing but that's when I just turned to my family my psych um and just conversations along the way that yeah. helped me a lot but um yeah it's it's pretty hard to talk about because it was really 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 tough um for me and um yeah i'm lucky to have the boys around me to to talk to well. thank you so much for sharing I, I, it was obviously a question that i i was hesitant and probably a little bit reluctant about but at the same time uh, i just thought all the media hype that was going on around it i thought you handled yourself beautifully and you came back out and went through the final series and you played an awesome final you're now deserving of wearing a 2023 premiership medal around your leg please hands off to brad manard everyone thank you Thanks for sharing, mate. Just want to quickly touch on you, Tom. Uh, Tom, how much of what has happened in your journey to get where you are now feels like the most amazing part of your football life? Because I have heard it said that this is one of the best and most enjoyable times you've ever had been in and around and playing football. It is. It's, um, it's the happiest I've ever been playing footy. And... That's easy to say when you've won a premiership, but I would have said it regardless if we won or lost yep. um, in terms of the culture and how much, you know, such a great group of guys to play with and just rock up to work with every day and how much fun we have together. It's a pretty, pretty awesome place to be. So I'm just so grateful to be at Collingwood and where I've landed, you know, would, you know wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, every player has, has a journey and, you know, you know, there's ups and downs. Footy isn't a, a linear um, progression mm. and it's always positive you know there's challenges and injuries and different things and we've all faced them and I've definitely had my fair share of them and to come out the other end and some premiership play for Collingwood feels pretty special. I bet it does well done to you as well one thing I just wanted to discuss with you was how you felt um, towards the end of your time at the Hawthorne Football Club I speak of the criticism which was um, rightly or wrongly directed your way in and around your performances at the time is this still the way that you feel about that 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 period of time to be honest, like I, I look back at my time in Hawthorne and I, I loved it. Like yeah. Hawthorne was such a great club and to be honest, I feel as though similar to this opportunity I've given now, like I needed a different chance and a different opportunity from when I left Sydney and Hawthorne gave me that chance and, um, you know, I loved my time there. Like, yeah. you know, probably played arguably my best football there over a, over a period of time and they gave me the opportunity to do that. So uh, a lot of love for the Hawthorne Footy Club. Um, yeah, obviously they're, they're heading in a new direction and I hope they do really well because mm. some of my best mates are still there and uh, yeah, like I, I still speak to those guys in WhatsApp groups and text messages all the time. So I do want them to do really well um, and yeah, like got a lot of respect for the club. Beautifully. Excellent. Well said. Let's get on to this, ladies and gentlemen. Next year, round zero has been announced. Pies will play GWS on their home deck Saturday the 9th of March at 7.30pm. How do you all feel about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't need to speak to you guys about it. That was the reaction I was looking for. Uh, let's go into this. First 14 rounds of 2024 will feature Thursday night football. Pies have got two Thursdays in there and, the, and then five Friday nights uh, out of those first 14 rounds of football. So seven games on the big stage at the MCG. Bloody awesome. I like that, Friday night football. So in saying that, on the count of three, who was the team that you want to beat the most in the 2024 AFL Grand Final? One, two... Anyone, I reckon. Anyone? Bring on anyone. You want to have a think? Who would you like to play in the AFL Grand Final in 2024? I feel like it almost did happen, but I feel like a Collingwood Carlton Granny would be pretty epic. 
Yeah, Collingwood Carlton. Um, it was very close up. That would, that would, Melbourne would burn to the ground. Like, that would be crazy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that's a good name. Anyone. Yeah, that's good enough answer for me. I like that. Um, uh, then it's back into Melbourne for round one. Friday the 15th of March, 7.40pm, new time slot. Uh, MCG, Pies v Swans, bring it on. Premiership flag unveiling. Would that be the case? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, it'll bring, bring back a lot of memories, a lot of very amazing um, memories. So I can't wait for, for that yeah. night. How are you feeling about coming up against your old club on uh, round one? Around, oh, sorry, I'm getting this, yeah. this round zero thing stripping yeah, me out I a little know. bit. Round zero. Just throwing everybody. Um, yeah, no, that'll be cool. Like, I think times have changed. You know, that was 2016, what are we, it's eight years ago. I still yeah. got a handful of guys there who, um, who are still mates with and are still playing. But uh, I think it'll more be about sharing that moment with, you know, everyone at the club, but with all you guys. So hopefully Absolutely. you guys um, show up as well and it, it brings back some special memories for you because this premiership is all of ours. It's not just the playing group, it's all of ours. So hope you guys feel that. Beautiful. Love it. Well said. Um, for anyone out, in the, out there uh, actually wondering, it's 108 days before footy's back again, okay? All right, just so you know. Um, I wanted to just quickly touch on the draft, boys. I love the Flyers phone call to Harry saying it's a family, family club. Can't wait to get you down here, mate. Meet you face to face. That was obviously the flyer talking to Harry. Um, Demadia? Demadia? Uh, Demadia? Yeah. Yeah, Demadia. So we'll roll with that. Yeah, um, let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I did see that video. I, um, he's a really good fellow. I was actually lucky enough to meet him as well the day after the draft. So, um, yeah, he's got an elite left foot. Um, I did see some of his highlights and he looks like he can play. So it's uh, very exciting that. for the club. Very, very quickly talk about it. Um, Harry uh, Demadia, uh, pick number 25, 185-centimetre midfielder, co-captain of Vic Country and the Dandy Stingrays. You also picked up uh, two Jayath, uh, pick 37, 188-centimetre defender from Gippsland Power. Grew up barracking for the pies, that helps. Um, so two handy little inclusions coming through off the, off the back of the draft. Um, I won't go on any more about that because you guys are probably yet to meet them and uh, go through that. Uh, when are you back on deck? I know that you've got your injury, but when are you actually back? Uh, we're back on the 4th, so the older boys, um, Titch and myself and a few others, we're back on the 4th of December, and then the young boys go back on the 27th. So um, everyone sort of floats through. Yep. That uh, Part of that older group floats yep. through from the 27th onwards. Perfect. Uh, there's your answer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's the boys. They've spoken quite candidly. They've spoken quite open. Could you please put your hands together for both of them? Congratulations on your Premiership win.